Hey, welcome to the podcast. Here's another episode for you. Back to back. Um, this episode, I have my good friend Dave Namery. He's a local comedian here in New Jersey. Um, and I met Dave through the open mic scene. We became good friends. I always have really good conversations with Dave, which is um, why I asked him to be on. And uh, today we talked about um podcasting and we talked about some you know stuff about the equipment some geek stuff uh we talked a lot about trolling and we talked about the effects of trolling on your mind and your psyche and how to really effectively troll somebody um for with good intent and i also talked more about like the landmark stuff that i talked about in my previous episode and um we had a good talk so i'm hoping you will enjoy it i'm always looking for feedback that you can provide um, for me to make these episodes better. I'm improving the quality of the sound. Um, so hopefully you enjoy that. And um, I want to keep having these guests on to have interesting conversations. Keep sharing my experiences um, that, I, um, that I hope will be beneficial to other people. And also beneficial to me to relive them. And to, you know, really remember where I came from and the lessons that I've learned in life uh, by passing those lessons on. Hopefully I relive them, relearn them, and I don't have to make the same mistakes twice. <clears throat> so um, with that, also just want to remind you that Laugh It Up Tuesdays at Nikki's Bar and Grills every Saturday. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Laugh It Up Tuesdays are every Saturday. All right, that's not what you want to say. What you want to say is Laugh It Up Tuesdays is every Tuesday at Nikki's Bar and Grill in Little Ferry, New Jersey, 9 p.m. It's a free comedy show. No cover. There's free parking. There's plenty of parking. You don't have to worry about meters. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, fighting for spots. There's plenty of spots. Park. Delicious food and drink specials. Wings are off the hook. Pizza's off the hook. It's Taco Tuesday. Um, get there early so you can get the happy hour menu. Get something in your belly and then sit back and relax. Enjoy some drinks and enjoy the show. 90-minute show featuring some of the funniest comedians from New Jersey, New York City, up and coming. Some of them are um, fast risers. Um, some of them are learning. Some of them are figuring out. But, um, you know, a lot of funny people and we put on a good show and I'd like you to come out and enjoy it. All right. Do me that favor or do me the favor of leaving me a review on this podcast. Either or I hope I bring you some value and in turn you will hook me up with your attention. All right. So that's it. I'm done rambling. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. No, I don't want to say start saying without further ado. All right, everybody, here's the podcast. Dave Namery. Bye. Now. It's my junk, it's 
$35. That is the uh, first time, that's the first paycheck that I ever got in comedy. That's the first time I ever got paid. Wow, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time I ever got paid. Um, I'm turning it off because I don't like the way it sounds. What bad. about? So I just do it so that I don't have to hear. Because if I listen to it, the echo. It's weird. I know. It's weird. It, yeah. Then I, I can't. I don't like listening to it. Well, am I things. coming in okay over here? Yeah, everything's good. Oh, we're good. The okay. levels, great. The levels are good. I had to go through great lengths. We were talking about the mics. And you were guessing how much these mics are. Are we recording right now? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Oh, yeah, we're, we're on. Right, we're, right, this, yeah. Dave hey, name that's how on. I like it. No, just, yeah, just on, right bro. into it. Just but, start going. Just how we would talk. But we have great. The only people I want to talk to are people I have really good conversations with. But I'm like, wow, somebody else would probably benefit to have listened to, <laughs> <laughs> to, have, to, have listened to that conversation. Yeah, yeah. If, right. Even just a little bit. No, it makes sense. We do have good conversations. Yeah. So... You were asking how much these mics are, and your guess was? My first guess, I think, was, what did I say, $180? Yeah. But what's a, the answer? That's a pretty, that was a pretty aggressive guess. The answer, sir, is $45. Are you serious? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> For the whole thing? Yes. $45 each? Yes, man. Holy Look shit. At how, you see how it clamps yeah. to it? Like that? I, like, this is all through trial and error. Like, I got this. I helped Clint Esposito move. And I got this table from his sister. They were throwing it out. I was like, I'll take it. I need a table wow, to sit man. down at. And then I got these clamps. But I bought this black cover for over because it's like a you know old wooden table. Yeah. So I wanted it to just look like <clears throat> generic. So I got that. But then I had this clamp on top of it. And it was like slipping off. So anytime me and you were just like trying to move this to just get closer to the mic, like it would slip off and it'd be real freaking suspect. So then I went underneath. I went underneath the cloth. Uh, down, and then you realize that everyone who's listening has no idea. Yeah, they can't okay. make a visual. They have no idea what you're talking right. about. I'm talking post about, a picture well, yeah, of yeah, your, yeah. Of I your have setup been on Instagram. Pictures. I have been Just a picture pictures. of this table. Only the loyalists know. <laughs> this <laughs> is like the most budget know, table, right? too, because like you don't even have a MacBook. No. You got a PC. Uh, I got, I got a, uh, a PC. That I just screams budget. It's, it is, man. But you know what? I'm running this. It's got a big screen, though. Bro, two USBs. Do you know that Windows does not recognize two audio devices, separate audio? So I thought, hey, it's plug and play. I'm just going to be able to get these two USB mics and plug them in, and they'll just play. But no, it doesn't recognize it. I need to have, download additional software that takes both of them and mixes them into one audio feed. Oh, that's kind of gay. Geek shit, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's geeky. Real geeky, but... But it worked. But I'm doing it, and I'm watching YouTube videos to try to... Um, <laughs> Uh, like I'm helping clean out the audio. I, I like the one I, I posted one today that I did yesterday, or no, I did it this morning by myself, and I did like 50 minutes. No, f yeah, about 50 minutes solo, and just a rant off the top of my head, and um, and talking about the UFC fight because I was like, I don't know if Dave watches UFC, and like I really want to get this. I out. watched the fight last night, bro. Yeah. That was amazing. That was really great. You like Connor, right? Yeah, you know what? I'm a, I'm a big cowboy fan too, but I'm I didn't I even know I him. knew nothing about cowboy. Mm -hmm. The way, and then I was like, "Oh, this guy's a douchebag." Before the fight started, I was like, "What are you doing with a stupid hat, man?" But he's after a, the fight, legend. when he got, he was just so. I was right? like, "I love this guy" because yes, of the the bro. post fight interview, and he was That's just it. like. 
Yeah, because because Joe was like, "Were you surprised by the shoulders?" And he was just like, "That's yeah, what man." I've never seen he's before. Like, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, he just fucked me over the shoulder." I was like, I've never I was seen like, oh, that I love cowboy." Yeah. Now. and then like, he was like, uh, "What did he say?" He's like, uh, "You hit me with that shit. I ain't I never seen nothing like that." And then he, then I pulled back and I couldn't see shit, and he head kicked me. He's like, "I got my ass kicked early." Tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But because he's he's a guy UFC long. Long term, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Vet. He's a super vet, and yeah. this guy always shows up. He's short notice. Somebody drops out, this guy steps up. Right, he's always training, always ready, but he's also does a lot of crazy shit, like ride motorcycles and scuba dive, yeah, and fucking do all kind of nutty shit that people worried like are you gonna make it to the fight like you know what i mean the fucking shit that he does and then that was a perfect example but you know what before i had connor i was like you know what i've doubted connor so many times and then after he won his second championship i was like bro i'm not doubting that guy no more after he beat uh another probably hall of famer and eddie alvarez he pieced him up quick to win the to two titles and i was like he's not beating that guy he's bigger he's like this guy's a champ yeah. he's like beat so many guys and he fucking made him look <laughs> like an amateur so then last night when the cowboy was pacing before the fight and he was looking at like i kind of was like yo cowboy might kill Kyle. i know i, I was I, like I, I got worried because i well i actually like i feel like I overestimated how important body language is just mm-hmm. because of the yes. Jorge Masvidal fight. Exactly. That made me start thinking differently about body language because, right? like, that fight when he fought, what the fuck was that guy's name? Uh, ben Askren, yes. right? When he just kicked him with the, when, when he got him with the knee. Yeah. Tight it was knee. so crazy because Ben Askren was doing that pacing back and forth thing and getting hyped, and Jorge Masvidal's just leaning on the back of the fence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you knew that fight was over before it started just because of the body language, or at least like that was that was I was like after yes. the fight ended, I was like, Oh, he of course he was gonna win that. <laughs> but then I was watching I was wrong almost about every fight last night because I was trying to language. Yeah, I was trying to pinpoint uh, that. Because like Connor wasn't really looking at Cowboy. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of glancing at him. He Cowboy was, was staring at him. Yes. Yeah, but Connor was more modest than he's been in a long yes. time. But, but obviously there's, there's like, history. There's history between Connor. See, when Connor was on his tear. Right, and he was on his way before he won that second championship. Um, before he won the second championship in the second weight class, he was on a tear where he was killing people before the fight. He was beating people up in press conferences with his right, words. Right, right, right. Right, and there was a time when he um, he was in a press conference and Cowboy was sitting directly behind him. And Cowboy was like, there's no way. You're, you're too little. You're not beating anybody. You're stepping up to 155. You're going to get beat up, son. Like, just try to say something. And then Connor went off, did his thing, got his jabs in. So I thought when I saw him pacing, I'm like, oh, he still remembers right, that. Right. He still holds it but on But it didn't to that, seem like, know? I mean, as soon as the fight ended, this, I mean, like, no. Connor gave him a hug yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, no, they probably, was- like... Connor They're was super boys. humble this time. Yeah. Getting choked out. I was a proud of him. Times. He didn't do the walk. No. Like, no, no, no. I wanted to see the walk, but I want to see the walk when he beats someone up who's an asshole. Yeah. Who's as big an asshole as he is. But yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah. Cowboy is not an asshole. No, Cowboy so has it was good his that respect. He, like, if, if he beats up, um, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, I'm not even a big UFC guy. I uh, just watch big fights if I'm yeah. with someone and they're willing to pay the 65 bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to do, like, I'll never buy it myself. Dude, you know, I was supposed to miss it last night. I was supposed to go to um the comedy, uh, Tiff's Comedy Club. Over Where there is in Morris Plains? That's in Morris Plains. Is that a cool spot? Yeah, it's supposed to be there. up and coming now. Oh. Tiff's, it's a restaurant and the guy loves comedy and he wants to do comedy. So he starts 
started doing like Bob Levy's been doing a lot of shows. Yeah, I mean there. some people we know were on it, right? Yeah, it wasn't no Clint. Paul, Clint, Clint was supposed to be on it last night, so I had talked to Clint, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the show so I can get in with the people there. He's like, yeah, come meet this guy. He's cool, you know. And you know, once he meet you meet him, you know, he's trying to look for young talent and stuff around. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just go to the show. I can meet Bob Levy. I talk to him on Twitter all the time. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I'll you know I'll go support the show. And then I ended up shoveling snow for Clint. And I almost died. Wasn't like, that a while ago? No, that was yesterday. Oh, that was yesterday. Oh, oh my shit. God. I almost died last night just for, for, for I just what I would do just for some extra money yeah. would I put myself through. I did not expect that. But I shoveled like 30 houses. That's insane. None of them were mine. I didn't even shovel mine yesterday. Thank God it was a nice day today and it all melted. Yeah, I know. Else it would have been, I would have had to go out there and like my back is crippled. I had texted, I called Clint. I was like, hey, bro, I can't do this no more. I got to go. Shoveling sucks, man. Bro, it wasn't even the shoveling. It was the carrying this 50-pound bag of salt. We had a guy with oh, a snow, snow blower and a, and he had a, uh, like a leaf blower that he was using too. So I was just doing steps, like two steps and like a fucking corner easy and then like a little bit of the driveway but the and then but he was going ahead of me doing most of it and i had to carry that fucking bag of salt that shit was grueling bro i feel like i was like like i worked out with the rock or something like that's what i feel like you look like you lost weight i have since I the last time pounds, i saw man. you i've been back on mostly eating once a day oh, no, no, no. you eat once a day is it yeah man you think that's good it's great well how much do you eat the one time um well you it's not lot, the one right? time i eat like in a window oh so, so you do intermittent fasting yeah exactly but how big is the window from seven at night to, f- to 12 a.m at night you do mm-hmm. it i feel like that's not even a good idea what? i feel like you're doing it the wrong way <laughs> that's the way you do I think it, you're man. not supposed to do it that I way eat, yeah that's how you do it because i that's thought you're how... supposed to do it like 2 p.m to you like can. seven no, or eight there's no I right it was like way. two to eight you can do it that way if that's your eating habits like the 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 time that you do it is, has no effect on your weight loss or weight gain. Like there's no better time to do it, but it's only gonna be what's beneficial for you as far as your lifestyle, your schedule. Me, I eat late and I like to eat a lot late. I get the munchies and I want to eat late or because of my schedule. So when I don't eat all day, I'm so much sharper at work and everything. Like yeah, it's just a matter of doing and i didn't do it all at once like first i just started eating breakfast later and yeah, gradually yeah. built up to like i did not that for a long breakfast. time i yeah. should start doing it again because i remember save money too bro yeah eating out but you also like can tap into a focus that you can't tap into unless you're really hungry yes where you stop it's kind of like after it's like you're hungry for a while but then you kind of forget about the hunger, especially if something if you have something that you can focus on, mm-hmm. like at work, exactly, or if you're writing jokes or something. The weekends is rough today. Like I and the weekends I only last to like three o'clock. Right, it's tricky. It's obviously because then I'm like not doing much. You're bored, yeah, yeah. And I just want to eat something, and I'm like, you know what? But the good thing too is I'm also how I'm really losing weight is I'm actually tracking the calories I burn versus the calories I take in. Right, so I'm tracking my numbers. So like going into Friday. I had 8,000 calories for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I was like, that's 2,700 meals I can break out in these three days. 2,700 calorie meals? Yeah. So I I don't even try to eat like that because I just eat a real big meal. And then I have my snacks afterwards. And I have like my uh, fiber gummies to make sure I make up for the lack of vegetables that I don't eat. You know, like my multivitamin to try to make up the micronutrients. and, And that's it. I just try to stay like I don't drink 
I need calories, no soda. Yeah. That's why I'm not drinking beer that much. Like, um, you know, just trying to cut down to see if I can get down to like 2.30. I started working out again and stretching. I'm just trying to like get back to fucking Iron Man mode. Yeah, dude, I don't even care. Like, I just want to, I've said this to be. I just want to have like a soccer player physique, like mm-hmm. a tennis player physique. I, know. I don't want to be jacked but, or anything. What, I don't give a but, shit. But the amount of fucking work that they do to get that. Body. I know. Yeah, you know what? That's I, the problem. Not even that's close where, there. This, this, not even, still not even like an out of shape tennis player. That's what I want to mm. look like. Like the least in shape Fair professional enough. tennis player. That's the kind of physique that I want. I don't want to look like Rafael Nadal. Yeah. I want to look like the guy that you never even heard of. And you're kind of like, yeah. He looks yeah, like a little out of shape. Player. Yeah, you're like, you can't see his. I don't want to see my abs. Uh-huh. I don't care. I've never seen my abs before. I don't care what they look like. I'm not interested. No, I want the whole. I want the I whole. I just want to get the jiggle to go away. But I'm, 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 st- I'm 26. I mean, you're, you're like, you're like a boomer, right? Yeah. You're like old I'm, as fuck. I'm, uh, yeah. Okay, so boomer. it's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> your metabolism's like it's on, it's on the, it it's, it's past. I need to. It's past uh, this over the slope. I want right? to go. Yeah. I need, and my shit's all messed up from juicing. Too. Oh, really? My hormone levels are all fucked mm. up too. So like, I feel like a sluggish old man, and my body responds like a sluggish old man. Like once you come off, especially if you come off fucked up like the way I did, like a broke guy does. Because if you have a lot of money, then you're all right. You could actually I, maintain. I had like, I had a neighbor who was like cycling, mm-hmm. and he was doing it all the right way, and I was like, that's so intense because it's really yes. like chemistry there's the lead into it is pretty brief and then you're on it but the the post is like longer yeah and then there were a bunch of the maintenance the maintenance that stuff's like more expensive than the steroids themselves in some cases just the shit to get your body back right exactly and that's where people get fucked up especially if you're see i was i was doing that and then like you said it gets too expensive so what i would do is i learned how to save money by just never going off There you go. That's the spirit. I just stayed on. <laughs> and that that fucked me up too. I just stayed on for like prolonged periods of time because I knew coming off was number one gonna be expensive and a lot of work. And I like I you know, I get that feeling like the armor comes off. You know what I mean? So I'm like, fuck man, I don't wanna do that. I wanna I wanna fucking stay armored up. I wanna stay shelled up, man. I was an insecure mess when I started doing stairs. That's the, like that's, the, that's the podcast I was actually recording before this. Really? Yeah, about the uh, the landmark forum. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I Mm-mm. think it, Joe Rogan mentioned it once when he talked to somebody on a podcast. And when he mentioned it, this was like long before I even heard of Joe Rogan. But when he mentioned it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I never knew anybody else heard of it. It was like, um, it's this three-day seminar I did back in 2007, 2008, around there. And it was um, just a fucking people. They think it's a cult. Like they talk about it like it's a cult because that's only because they try to recruit you like a cult after you take it because they want like more people. They want you to spread their word. That's how they do their. their, So you become like a Jehovah's Witness. Yes, bro. You become the the most Jehovah Witness. You just look for meatheads. Yes. Bro, no, not even meatheads. It's just you, you have this experience when you when you through, do the program, right? Well, at least I did. I know people that had had the same experience as me, and then I know people that haven't had a good experience and that think it's all stupid, right? So the people that have had a good experience come away feeling really good, and they play on that, right? And they want you to like. It's almost like AA. They want you to spread the message. But you're not. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. Like, what, what, what is this? Like, it's like a seminar. It it's is. a three-day seminar. Three seminar. It's like one of these Tony Robbins things. It's like, 
Well, what, what is of, it? It's like, what is the point? It's more like mental exercises to break down um, decisions that you made when you were, weren't were fully mentally developed. When you were young, you had traumatic situations or things happen and you made a decision in your head. And now you live your life through that filter from that decision that you made. And it affects your life as an adult. You're constantly making, you're preventing yourself from living another life because you're living your life as you determined when you were younger and at a different time than you so are like now. Focusing so then, on childhood trauma, childhood trauma and just, or... it's, it's, it is childhood trauma because it happens to you. You know, these are decisions like one of mine was when I was shopping with my mom, I wanted boss jeans. My mom said that she, you know, she couldn't afford boss jeans. So she told me, no, I had to get Arizona jeans at Sears. So in my mind, I wasn't worth that level like everybody else had i made this decision that I, i'm we're, me and my family we're less than i didn't understand budgets and finance those fucking 12 you know what i mean all i understood was i I couldn't even have that like everybody else could that's cool so i must be a piece of shit so now i always right had that that thing in my mind that i'm a piece <clears throat> of shit so i everything i did I always did it with that insecurity. Oh. So it was hard for me to approach things. I would not intentionally do things like talk to white people oh. <laughs> because I always felt like I was less than wow. approaching them. And it made me insecure. This is interesting, man. Yeah. So then that three-day seminars, exercises you do to kind of take apart and shine the light on these things. I see. So you like have all these, and then they talk about like these rackets that you form and like a racket is like back in the day, they, you know, you had speakeasies, so you would create this storefront and then you had this real thing behind. So you create this story and the storefront in front of you and behind you have like this whole fucking racket going on, but you, you know, you're creating this story and then you create this racket so far, you know, so long ago that now you even believe that the storefront is real. I, well, yeah. Okay. Then you that's, know? that's like. That's just, I mean, that's an analogy to use. I mean, I feel mm. like that's what a lot of like, like therapists yes, do. 100%. That's what they're doing. It's exactly that. Yeah. In a $450, pro, that was back then. Maybe it's probably more now. It might be like It's actually not that bad, depending. It's three nights, and then you have a Because therapists night. are expensive, yeah. is what I mean. It's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If so you this go is one package. prolonged for a few years, that ends yeah, up, well, unless yeah. your insurance covers it. Yeah, then you get used. But even if you're, like, if I have, insur- I have insurance, if I want to go to a therapist, I still have to pay 50 bucks a visit. That's still fucking a lot. If you don't <clears> yeah. have insurance, it's still, it's like a buck 25 or something like that. But for the amount of therapy that you need to kind of discover this, this is like an accelerated with with an actual focus point on you getting it because they show you like these areas of your life there's the things that you know there's the things that you don't there's the things that you know there's the things that you know that you don't know then there's the things that you don't know that you don't know so that's like where they try to put you into like the things that all these blind spots that you have in how you cover it so like right so this guy, this was all shit that I was doing when I was in uh, in AA. I think I talked to you about that when I. Um, I don't think you did. No, when we were outside and you were like, you never talk about that. I told you I was like hardcore in AA. Um, I feel like I've said that about so many things that you said. <laughs> <laughs> Where you say because you're you know, like you've had a very interesting life, and then you'll just drop tidbits just in drop. conversation. And I'll go, what the fuck are you doing? I know. That's I'm like, why, why do you not have a joke about that or podcast about that? Like, what are you, what are you doing? I know. That's why like every time I try to come out now, that's now that doing these more frequently and having this down here, 
Like, that's why this morning I felt so... This is like, this is so much better. Dude, you used to... Do you still have those episodes up? Of what? Of my old... The early episodes when you were recording with your fucking phone? Yeah, with that pod, with this stupid mic. Look at this thing. This thing was a $25 Amazon mic. Don't... Okay, to anyone listening right now, don't listen to the really early episodes because Vic would drop the mic... It would pop out. Would Something so would happen. Hard, right? It was so jarring. Oh it was like someone God. shot a gun in my car. That's what it sounded like. And then Vic would just go, oh, my bad. I dropped the mic. And I'm like, fuck you, Vic. And I just stopped listening. <laughs> I'm like, that was so That's jarring. First yeah. of all, it just sounded horrible. Yeah. You would have been better bad. off just recording with your phone. It was bad. But then I, it would pop. It would pop oh my so God. loud. It scared this, the shit out of me. The wiring on it. It got so bad that it would just like I I would not like I'd have to do a podcast without moving like that's how I would like, I would not want to move or have any sudden hand movements because if I hit the wire for any like if I started talking like got excited and I hit that wire it would be like and it'd be like and it would pop in my ear if I was wearing the headphones and I'd be like oh sorry about that yeah 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 <laughs> oh my god pop the speakers in your fucking car I won't even have a dope mixtape to do it with. No, it was not. There was no mixtape required. Nothing. It was just your. Just, I hope it was at least something. It was your negligence. Something beneficial for you. There was nothing beneficial about it. It was legitimate damage to my ego and my eardrums. No, man. These new mics, these mics are good because it doesn't pick up like. These are much better, yeah. It doesn't pick up a lot of noise. And then I, I just learned today's podcast that I uploaded, I just learned how to filter out. Like that noise, yeah, yeah, yeah. filter out like uh, in all those silences, yeah. Well, I was at, uh, I was gonna say this when we were talking about the mics. I was at Guitar Center, and I'm in the mic section, and you can put on headphones and try out each of the mics Mm -hmm. and see how they sound. And you can hear yourself through like the seventy, you know, like the Shore mics that are like just the standard basic mic that's at every open mic. Mm -hmm. It's just the black and then the silver head. Every fucking mic has that same mic. It's yeah. like sure, S H U R E, whatever. And it's like they're pretty good. They're solid. They have a good reputation and stuff. But you you could put that one on and speak into it, and it'd be like, oh, this sounds good. And then you can put the five hundred dollar mic, which looks like a way more intense version of this mic that you have, mm-hmm. and it would sound a little better, but not not four hundred thirty dollars better not even close sounded like fifty dollars better maybe wow. you know but they're like 500 bucks and like this is insane it's so unnecessary unless you just got money to blow like you're joe rogan you're like <laughs> let's just get the best possible microphone that money could buy yeah but otherwise it's like pointless there's got to be some other benefit to it i don't know because compatibility well this is something. the other thing i'm thinking about like um like sean barry you know sean barry right Okay, well, well, he's a friend of mine, and he does he does his podcast. Sometimes we'll do podcasts together. We'll double release them, mm. and he'll send me a wave file. I don't know what kind of files you you MP3. turn these into. It's MP3. Mm-hmm. That's, That's what, what I do. Is, yeah. So he'll send me these wave files, and it's as big a file as like a movie. Yeah, the file is 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 insanely big, and I it. use Anchor. Do you use Anchor? No, I I, I use my site. <clears throat> I use Anchor to to upload my podcast, and um. They won't even accept something bigger than 250 megabytes. Uh, yeah. But a wave file, a, a wave file that's like 15 minutes is over 250 megabytes. I can't do over 80 megabytes on my site. Well, then, the, but the, you just do an MP3 file. They're yeah, they're tiny. They're tiny in comparison, yeah. and they sound almost identically as good. And then, especially when you think about the fact that, like, when you buy music on iTunes, it's not a wave file; it's MP3 file. Yep. You know, so it's like. 
if every professional musician is releasing their music on MP3 files, is it really necessary to release your podcast as a wave file? Like it just does not make sense. It's just, it's annoying in the background too. Like you said, just the size of the file. Then I I would, I would have to convert it. I wouldn't even keep the wave file. Like if anchor allowed me to upload shit that big, it would take like an hour. It's like when you upload a video to YouTube, even if it's a 10 minute video, it takes forever Mm. because it's a huge file. But the wave files are, are enormous and it's like you could just convert it to an mp3 file and it would sound exactly the same no one would tell the difference maybe like a, a hi, like a highly paid music producer would be like hmm this is an mp3 file he should have done a wave file yeah. no one else would notice no one i don't even know how you could have like that kind of sound that ear that ear for sound where you pick up like i'm sure you could pick up like especially doing producing you could probably pick up like edits yeah, but you have to be looking for it. And like the average person who's just listening to a podcast doesn't really care. I, listen, I've, I haven't been doing much learning of like editing and stuff, right? But the little bit that I've learned, I've instantly become snotty with it. So I could imagine a producer that has put in so much yeah, time and yeah. then they listen to Muddy Some Else's shit and they're like, oh, you didn't even clean this file. Like, well, it's because just... they want it to be more important. Yeah. It's like when we see a comedian at a show with real people and they do a hacky joke and it gets mm-hmm. a big laugh mm-hmm. and we go no that wasn't funny but we're just mad <laughs> just that this that, person's yeah. doing the easiest possible form of our art form <laughs> and they're getting big <laughs> laughs succeeding. and we're like fuck you because yeah. the whole crowd is a bunch of like old people and they love hack shit yeah but we can get as as mad as we want but everyone else in the crowd is like that was funny yeah and we're sitting there and we're like that's not funny you don't know comedy yeah, yeah you yeah. know so it kind of makes us the ass I, I do the same thing i try i don't um because I know the reward is temporary, right? That's like the story that I write. What do you mean? Like the the reward for doing like hacky jokes at shows is temporary. You get that laugh, but how long is that sustainable in the long run versus taking chances and developing and growing? You know what I mean? Like doing those kind of jokes I feel could probably keep you afloat in a certain <laughs> scenario, but I don't feel like it wouldn't be good to propel you to. No way. I mean... I mean, I also depend. I mean, it, I, it depends what you want. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I want lots of comedians. I want the comedians that I respect to respect me too. Mm-hmm. But if I was doing hack shit, they would never respect me Mm-mm. because I think like a comedian. So I know how they think. Yeah. And then if I was doing that bullshit, they'd be like, fuck this guy. You know, it's going to be bad enough because I'm going to be the guy that they're going to be like, oh, he only makes Jew jokes, but I'm going to be like, at least they're. Very <laughs> smart and, and very offensive. And they're yours. Yeah, exactly. And they're yeah. mine. And no one else does them. You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't know. I was thinking about uh I was listening to some like you know, master classes. Mm-hmm. They're pretty I, dope. I like know. Nate just gave me them as a gift because I guess Nate got them. Nate Bennett. Shout mm-hmm. out to Nate Bennett, thank you. <laughs> and he just gave me them as a gift. So because I guess you can share it with one person. No, it's like video audio. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to Neil Gaiman. You ever hear him? Mm-mm. Really great author. Can you spell his last name? G A I M A N. I know. I always thought it was Gaiman, and then I and then it's Gaiman, and I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. That. But whatever. Um, so he he was saying something about like um style because he's he's talking about like finding your voice with writing because he's like he did a masterclass about storytelling, and I was like, this will be applicable to comedy. I also like to write stories. Mm-hmm. 
Also, subscribe to my podcast, Storytime with Dave. Storytime with Dave. Yo, great plug. It is a great podcast. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, yeah. Stitcher. Um, I, bro, I got on everything this oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, I'm, man. I'm, Hell I, yeah. It was good. It was Hell, good. Good job. Good job. Thanks. I'm, 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 I'm very proud of the work I'm putting <laughs> Well, he said something about um, style, like creating a style, which is part of creating your voice. And this is applicable to stand-up and um, to writing. But he's like... And he said he thinks he's like, I think I'm quoting Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead. But he's like, I'm not even sure if I'm quoting him. But he's like, I think I heard this from him. That style is like basically the mistakes that you make because you want to master something. Mm -hmm. So you get to a certain point, you've mastered music. And then it's like the things that you don't do that contribute to your style. Because like you could do everything if you wanted to. You could play exactly Mm. how it's meant to be played. But it's like the little things you do that are like quote unquote wrong. They're not actually wrong. They're just like wrong um, technically. That makes your style. Hmm. And so like I feel like for comedians who are hacks, they don't want to fuck up. They're afraid of a joke falling flat. So they'll just play it safe. And then they become hacks because they just do this over and over and over again. Like you and me, we are more than willing to take risks with our jokes. And to have it fall flat. But then that's how we'll develop the more distinct voice in the long run. Because we learn over time what, like how to make those things work. Like how do you make this joke work? I know it's a horrible thing. But you can learn like little tricks to make it work more uh, consistently. Yeah, exactly. How you deliver it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I've learned my... You know what? You know that, like you say, like, um, you know that Chick-fil-A joke I do? When I say Chick-fil-A so good, I don't even like gay people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I I was doing that joke on um in Bloomfield at uh Giselle uh Griselle Cabrera's old spot. Right. right? Where her and uh They still Ty, have that. That still goes on. Ty Rainey, Ty right? And like Gordon will will yeah, host yeah, this yeah. sometimes. Like it's too. it's Ty's show really now. Yeah. Um but she she had invited me out and I did that joke and uh there was a gay guy in the audience but either way the, i don't know what happened how i like how i said it or anything but that thing has been a consistent joke for me yeah that i've always used it that's my hacky joke in my mind a hacky joke for me is a joke i've done so much that i don't want to hear it anymore sure but i reach for it when i'm scared like when you when mm-hmm. i go on out on a limb and try something and then like once i get out to that point in the water where i don't have anywhere to go and i need to get like a safety net so then I reach back and I pull that joke and I said that and the and like nobody laughed. It kind of just sat there. The only people that laughed were the comics in the back, right? The comics in the back Naturally, laughed. Naturally, yeah. The people didn't. They kind of like, uh, they were scared to because they were the gay guy and the gay guy was like, I got to go. And it got up and really? walked out. Yes, he got up and uh. walked. And I was like, yeah, I, would, I don't blame you for leaving either. And, I, and then like I just... Then I went in even harder as he left. Then I started going in like to the hateful second part of it because it gets more hateful after right, that. Right. And I doubled down and went, like, I you just, know, like, right? I'm already midway into it. And I you're going to leave on that? He left on that. I can't on believe the, yeah. that. He left on the, that part and then... I let, and then I just, I kept going with the rest and then the rest got laughs. Like then it came around. I guess people, I guess everybody else knew he was gay. And once he left, everybody felt comfortable oh, laughing yeah, yeah, about good. it. Good. 
Uh, I, I did. Uh, he came back and I was like, we all talked about you while you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love doing that to people. We all talked about you while you were gone. I was at Rhino and I told the joke on Friday. That Ooh. was, um, it wasn't even racist. I said, I think I said like, um, I know that you're not supposed to say racist things, but like, what if you have cancer? Uh-huh. That's the, there was just like a premise. Like I was just, it was a thought that I had before I went on stage. How dare you have a thought? In the <laughs> I know. And then, but <laughs> so then I'm like, that everyone got uncomfortable. And I was like, I was like, for, I was like, look around guys. I was like, there's no black people here. So fucking relax. I was like, there are two Hispanic people here. I pointed them out. It's like, you guys aren't going to say anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's, but it wasn't even yeah. racist. Like I didn't say, I just asked the question. And then I was like, would you really get mad? at a white person being racist if they had cancer. Like, would you really get mad if their hair was thinning and shit and they were wearing, like, a scarf over their head? Like, you'd really get mad at them for being, like, what if it's a bucket list thing? What if they were like, before I die, <laughs> I, I want to say, say some racist yeah. shit? Like, I gotta whatever. say the N-word once. I mean, exactly. I'd be like, that's, then that's the yeah. exception, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. come on. Oh, you'll like this because you remember on Tuesday when I the Blue Lives Matter guy and okay. I did that bit? Yeah, that was great. And Nikki's? Yeah. I'll tell them the bit. I, I pointed at this guy with a Blue Lives Matter sweatshirt. He was being a good sport. Yeah, yeah. And he was sitting right in the front, and I was like, sir, I noticed you're wearing a Blue Lives Matter sweatshirt. I'm just glad to know that I'm not the only one here who hates black people. <laughs> that was good. And like, yeah, yeah. It gets like there because he was there and yeah. made it get a great reaction yeah. because – and the joke, it's like, it just sounds racist, but it's not. Because the joke is more like, you're wearing a Blue Lives Matter sweatshirt, yeah, yeah. you're probably racist. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's It's pointing the out joke. the absurdity of yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I just have to say, I'm glad I'm not the only one who hates blacks. That's just the delivery mechanism. Like, I yeah. fucking love black people, <laughs> but I got to say that for that joke to work. So I'm at Irv's, my, or Irv's show at JSQ Lounge uh-huh. a few nights later on Friday. This was last Friday. Okay. And I was like... I'm going to tell him that story. And this room was colorful. Let me tell you, dude. This room, there were like barely any white people. There was like, like you know, seven black people. I mean, there were probably like 40 people there. No, maybe 35. Mm-hmm. It was like Hispanic, black, me and one other Jew. There yeah. was one other Jew. It was just me and him. And then like a couple white people. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to say Because I was in the middle of my set. I was having fun. And I was like. I want to tell you guys a story, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> and then I'm Morning. like, you know what? I go, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. And then this black lady on the side who was like a very, um, what would you call it? She was very like, oh, hell no. You know, she was like one of those oh, black ladies. Yes. And she was like, no, you tell that joke. You tell that joke. And I was like. <laughs> she wanted it. I was like, are you sure? Yes. And then she's like, yeah, you tell it. And then I told them the story. And I, I did the punchline and shit. Uh-huh. And they just went wild. They go, oh, my God. See, and I went, no, stop. I was like, it's not racist. I was like, I was like I'm saying that he's racist. <laughs> it was so funny. It was wild. It was like one of the biggest risks I ever took on stage. And, and it just payoff, felt right? amazing. It oh felt amazing. Holy shit. I had so much fun. That's. See, like, that's what I really love about comedy right now, especially with all the pushback about, um, you know, PC culture and what do you want to say? Like, I'm not the only thing I fear is losing my like job like that, like that. I have that filter on a lot of things I do. Because I don't want to rock that boat. Obviously, I have to pay for this fucking house. I have, like I can't yeah. risk that. 
other than that, like I don't, I I I just feel like the people that really get offended have other things that are going on that are more problematic than what I said, and that they're sometimes the only avenue you have is to go after that. You know what I mean? Like it just that's the way that you want to lash out is there because you can't lash out at your husband that hits you like you can't lash out yeah. at your boss that ridicules you every day you can't lash out at your <laughs> parents that support you you know like you have all these outlets that you can't take advantage of so you have to dump it on this fucking poor asshole with a mic on at this restaurant while you're trying to eat your yeah, meal yeah. <laughs> some people like like go out of their way for it and then that seems to be like a i just feel like these people got a lot of shit like you said mm -hmm. like built up inside and something so they're is, looking for a fight and there's something else that's going on that a joke bothers you yeah but you know what it's kind of like um what like i got i got banned from twitter as you know and <laughs> life's way better without twitter yeah. because you find all the hate on twitter and then you get this perception that there are lots of people who you could just go to battle with but then when you're out when you're out in the real world then no one's that way and then it's more boring i mean it's like life is less stressful for me now mm -hmm. but i did enjoy i enjoyed finding people who had these opinions that i was How long like has it been? 6 months or something 6 months Maybe since more. you got banned on yeah. what did you get banned for um let's see i called david hogg retarded like one too many times i guess okay i think i called him retarded and i got banned from 20, 24 hours and then i called linda sarsour retarded who's like the muslim who's in charge of the women's march which is hilarious because mm. she wears a hijab and i'm just like do people not see the irony here this is hilarious <laughs> and um and then and then it's i got choice yeah well i got banned for a week for doing that and mm. then i came back and I was a good boy for a little bit. But then David Hogg tweeted something retarded again. And exactly. I could not resist. Yeah. And I said, this is retarded. And I'm not even like right wing. I'm yeah. neither. But I do. Like if someone says something. Like I'll do that shit to whoever. It's just that that's where I got banned. Because the people who follow people like David Hogg. And people like Linda Sarsour. They'll patrol. They'll patrol the comments. Looking for people saying the things that I'm saying. And then they report my tweet. Like David Hogg gets 10,000 replies to any of his tweets. Like moderators. Yeah, people aren't going to. It's I, I slip under the radar that, that way. But people who see it, they report it. That's what gets me in trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, that's always how it is. Because like I had said things like that to whoever. You could say it to whoever. Nobody it's cares. just like if they have Certain the type people. of following who are a bunch of snitches. <laughs> Then they'll get you. They'll fucking get you. You fucking snitch followers. But I think, oh, but this is the point that I was going to make because I would go on Twitter seeking out people to do battle with and mm. to feel better than like I was better than them. And I think that maybe that that's what people do. People are like comedy is like the real world version of that. So if you're a person who has very strong opinions and does not want to hear people say certain things, then you can go see a comedy show to see if people are saying the things that you hate and they will be. Especially if it's an open mic, yeah. they will say that stuff that you don't want to hear, and then you can, then you can battle in real life, and you can like let all this shit out of you. When in reality, you should just like get a hobby, maybe, or Dude, something like that. That feeling of wanting to battle and wanting to argue and wanting to get your point across is so toxic. Like it, 
It's not only, to, I mean, it's not toxic and negative. It's not only toxic and negativity. It can be really toxic and negativity. It, some people do it professionally for their blog and their stuff. And that's their, yeah. that's their dynamic. That's their personality. But for me, it was just toxic in, in time, the amount of time it consumed for me, the amount of time I spent with negative feelings. You know what I mean? With that rage of trying yeah. to answer mm-hmm. all that time, that stress that you hold and you that's what like that shit ride you. That was the birth of the first social media break. Man. That's coming up soon. <laughs> right, February right, right. is coming up soon. I'm doing it again. You should. February Feb- doing the whole month. It's well, a leap year, so I got an extra day to fucking hang. This is what I learned because you've had have you ever had Twitter mobs sicked on you? Like people with real followings and they, they send a mob on you by not, quote. Not virally, like small. I've I had, I had one big one, but before I had taken a break, like maybe a year and a half ago because I had been going at it with some like Palestinian activist who had like 60,000 60, followers, nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah. But she quote tweeted something that I said, and then I just had the hounds on me, dog. I mean, they were like. They were coming after me. And the thing is about, I've noticed this about certain people that they'll go to your bio. They'll find out that you're a comedian. They'll look you up on YouTube. They'll find your YouTube clips. They'll link your YouTube clips to you. And then they'll call you a piece of shit and tell you to kill yourself and quit comedy. And then that was like getting to me because I was like, fuck you guys. I was like, we're arguing about Israel, Palestine. We're not arguing about my fucking comedy. But I'm like these people. But I, So I lost. I took the L because I let it get to me. Yeah. Now, something that happened later on. Right before I got banned from Twitter, I like learned how to use Twitter for real and like how to be a real troll because real trolling is fun because that's the point. Like if you're fucking with someone on the Internet and you're smiling and laughing, then you're trolling. Mm-hmm. If you're serious, yeah, then you're not trolling. Yeah. You're then you're then you're serious. Sick, then you're yeah. engaged with them and you're feeling the same way they are. So you're just creating negative emotions for yourself and for them, hopefully, but maybe not even. And so. Towards the end, I totally took a different perspective on it. And so I was saying things that like, but right before I got banned, okay, I got banned for life. I made a new account using my ex-girlfriend's phone number mm. and uh, and they, they let me slide for a little bit, but they found me eventually and only lasted for a week. But during <laughs> that week, I got into Twitter beef with uh, Talib Kweli. Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember I that. I remember that, yes. Yeah. I remember and that. That was, a, that was a long exchange. Yeah, and that was like, Talib Kweli has like a million followers, and he sicked them on me. And that, I was like, this is great. Because I learned so much. I learned how to be a real troll yeah. that I was just calling all of his... We were going back, and he was like, he hates... He doesn't hate white people, but mm-hmm. he will go after white people so hard in, in sometimes ridiculous ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obviously super understandable in a lot of ways, but he'll go after them in ways where you're thinking like, this just isn't fair. You're like, you're just being ridiculous. And so I was having people come at me who were like really like black activists mm. and I was just calling them crackers. <laughs> and dude, you would not believe. And then this is like, this kind of birthed like a bit out of it because I realized like, what what a cruel thing that black people got called this derogatory term, the N word for so long. Mm. And they finally thought of a word like, this is what we'll call white people. We'll call yeah. them crackers to yeah, get yeah. back at them. And if you call a white person a cracker, they think it's funny. Yeah. But if you call a black person a cracker, they get mad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just another word <laughs> that makes them mad. 
<laughs> I thought that was so funny. And I got That's, one guy. Yeah. One guy was like, I'm going to find you and yeah. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah, yeah. threatening my life. That's great. And Twitter, That's okay. And I was dying yeah. laughing. Twitter, I, Twitter, don't worry dude, about that. It was the funniest. Exactly. And that guy yeah. didn't get banned. It was the funniest like two, three days ever. Just going back and forth with Talib and his people. And I was like, this is how it's done. Like, this is how you're supposed to do it. You're yeah. supposed to have fun with it because we're on the internet and none of this is real. And you're taking up this guy's fucking time. Exactly. And this guy's fuming. This guy's fuming. And he actually, if I was there in front of him, tweeting in front of him, he might yeah, do yeah. something violent to me. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm so deep in your head right yeah, now. I'm under your skin, <laughs> yeah. bro. This fucking little Jewish kid from Jersey. I know, right? I'm like, come it's on. I have no business your, being yeah. there. How did you get to this level of, of popularity and you're letting this fucking... Little fucking Jewish kid just get under your skin. I know. Yeah. Well, with Talib, it was more like I, I was trying to flip it on him because I said um, I forget what he said. At one point, he just said something like insulting to me, and I was like, "Would you?" I was like, "So I was like, so what you're saying is you're anti-Semitic." I was like, "You know, I'm a proud Jewish man, and you're you're being very anti-Semitic right now." And he's like, "I'm not anti-Semitic. I love." Jewish people and I was like that's a lie I was like that's exactly what an anti-Semite would say you know what I mean and I'm just like I'm just so I took all the white shit that he was doing to me yeah, yeah, and I just flipped, flipped it on it. him with the Jewish stuff yeah, yeah. you know and it's like to, to to try to illustrate to him how absurd obviously it didn't work no. <laughs> he just doubled down it. and tripled yeah, down yeah. that's but a blind I'm like, spot but the, the whole you know, it was so funny man it's so funny I loved it that's a blind spot he doesn't see that shit exactly he doesn't see it he doesn't see the you don't see the hypocrisy of it. The absurdity of of uh, I don't know. I, I you know, like I only had that one instance with um with the the kids from New Newton, Pennsylvania, oh, yeah, yeah, Massachusetts yeah. on the on New, the Barstool. Newtown, Newtown. Yeah, Newtown on yeah. the Barstool Sports page. They posted the uh the video of them throwing that game winning touchdown. <laughs> and all I did was just type actors. Bro, that set off yeah. a chain of events that I didn't I didn't participate in trolling. That was my only trolling, was just mm-hmm. saying actors. That was the troll. And that got people going back and forth and people are saying, That's not funny, you shouldn't say that. Then the other people are defending me saying it's just a joke, stupid. He's not even, like he's not even, That's you know, funny like, too because it's bar stool, so you're yes, gonna get that mix. Exactly. You're gonna I get knew. that mixed bag. It's yeah, not I like I'll I'm go like, to like the feminism page on Instagram oh, and troll. It's thirty thousand to you, one. But there are people like me. It it's become more popular. You can ah. go to the comments and you'll find like one out of every five comments is a troll. Nice. And I'm like, thank you guys for, for joining like, me here. Yeah, you know what I like? I like when I listen to a podcast where they mention somebody that that's a douche. Like just by name, when they fucking call somebody out in a podcast that's really popular, that has like a strong following, right? And they mention somebody by name that did something douchey. And then you go to that person's like social media or you go to like their Instagram or their Twitter and you just go into their responses and it's people that listen to the same thing you listen to and they're calling them yeah. out oh, on it. Oh, I love that. And they're dude. just people smashing them in the comments. And that. I'm like, oh, and then I go through like picture a picture. Oh, who did responses. that? Um, Jim Jeffries did that to some Jewish guy, some Israeli guy. Uh-huh. You, this just made me think of it. What what you said because it's actually that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that he tried to make this Israeli guy look really bad from the interview, but that's what they all do. All mm-hmm. the late night shows they'll like interview you as a spoof. These people who they disagree with, mm-hmm. and then they'll just take the clips where the person looks the worst. But this Israeli guy, being a sneaky Jew like he is, he just put his phone on a chair and put like his jacket over it, so it was filming them. Mm-hmm. And so then he released 
the full interview for like an hour. And it's so, it's like Jim Jeffries looks like more of a douche than this Israeli guy does. That's so then he released it. And then you go, at least for a while there, every time I went to Jim, Je- anything that Jim Jeffries tweeted, there were at least a few people like, yeah, you should apologize, you asshole. <laughs> There was, there was like at least a few, like every few comments, like, hey, man, yeah. I think the guy's name was like Ari or something. Yeah, because, you know, like, it's almost like you get mad and it's and it's your, like, your little way to get justice in the world. Like, I hear something sometimes and I'm like, you fucking did that, bro. Literally, mid-conversation, I'll pull Twitter up, I'll pull, f- and I want to say something and this is like what the social media break has brought to me has been patience and not having to respond so i'll pull it up and i'll type a fucking thing and then i won't send it mm-hmm. like then i'll just delete it and be like well at least i typed it i got it out but there's no need like it's literally gonna do nothing yeah. for me the anger version the trolling <clears throat> like you said there's a very good distinction and you make a really good yeah. distinction because that doesn't that gives you something back it li- you, it's, you it's, have a purpose and you it. are doing it at the expense of someone else 100%. but i'm not i'm not a that's okay though. i'm not altruistic yes i'm it's not all altruistic. about intent, I'm just, i just i just want to have fun it's on the all internet. about <laughs> that's intent. all if yes. i gotta bother people that have fun on the internet then people are gonna get bothered but maybe they could see what I'm doing because I try to make it as obvious as possible that that's what's happening, yeah. that they're being trolled. I try to make that so obvious that if they don't see that, then they kind of deserve. I've gotten into I used to get this was my favorite thing when I would get into arguments with people, fake arguments on mm-hmm. my end. And then I would say something ridiculous and the person will respond and go, hey, that's not right. And I'd say something more absurd. Mm-hmm. And then they go. Hey, that's also not right. And then I say something more absurd and they go, wait a second. Are you just fucking around right now? And I go, yeah, dude. And they go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And like sometimes there were like really good moments where we actually like get along. We'd actually like, they'd be like, ah, you got me. And I'd be like, yeah, I got you, bitch. (laughs) That's like. Might even get a follower out of it. Exactly. Like that's literally it's happened before where I've like gotten this. I've gotten this person to like hate me to within like three tweets. They're like. Oh yeah, I'll throw you a follow. Like, hey, what's but you up? know what? Even though, even the trolling, and when you're doing it with the intent of being funny, and and you're doing it with the intent of either pointing out something that's audacious or pointing out something ridiculous by being sarcastic, like. Yeah. The people that don't like it, whatever. But you're going to get the people that... You know how many followers I got from that fucking Newtown comment? People that were just... They kept following me. Then I was getting DMs from the football players like, douche, can't say shit. Like, you can't say actors. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, like, you can't <laughs> say actors. And I'm like... And then remember with you, I deleted that comment too. We were talking that time and I, and I posted on one of their pages. I did that on the one kid's page. I posted actor again. And then, like, his friends started attacking me, and I deleted it. I was like, you know what? I don't really want to, like, get the ride. This is, you know, like, it's funny, but this is going to really be negative for them. Right, To the point right. where one of them might actually want to try to kill me or yeah. hurt. You know what I mean? Like, or, like, it gets, I don't want it to get viral, and then it be, like, me playing on me getting trying to be famous on the backs of deaths of yeah, kids. Yeah, because that one, you know that I mean? one like, was more on the nose. Like you went out of the way. So exactly. I get why you would have deleted that. And I was just like, all right, I'm just being like, I, the guy hasn't said nothing to me in three weeks, and all of a sudden I pop back up on his page like actor. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, and he messaged me again. You're a fucking retard. You know, and I and like I thought to myself in my head, like, bro, that guy didn't hear from me for a while. All of a sudden, here I pop up again, 
with this douche comment <laughs> that got him so oh, mad God. in the beginning. That was good though. Those are the but those trolls I feel like are different because they don't have that negative connotation with it, like negative energy. That negative intent means so much, especially to your own well-being and to your interaction with them. Because if you negatively troll somebody on their comeback, how you behave is really determines how the rest of the conversation goes. Like if you're trolling for fun, you're going to make it fun. You're trying to make them laugh. You're trying to make light of the situation. Like you're trying to bring people around with humor to let them know what your intent is. Other than attacking, like if you were being negative, I, I you know, I, I, yeah, no, I mean, I think like the way I would go about it, I was not trying to make these people laugh. No, I mean, that could be a byproduct product mm-hmm. of it. I was trying to make myself laugh, exactly. But it was yeah. also more like I'm not going out of my way to mess with people who are being respectful or mm-hmm. civil. Mm-hmm. I'm messing with these people who are being really terrible on the internet. And then I'm like, okay, if you want to be terrible, like don't be terrible to him. I'll hop in here. Be terrible to me because I'm behind the phone laughing, but you don't know that. Yes. Like you think you're really getting me. I'm like, waste your energy on me because maybe that person you actually are bothering. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm bored. You're I got nothing to hero, do. Bro. So fuck with me. Exactly. I, I try to tell people this all the time. <laughs> I'm God's greatest <laughs> gift to this earth. I'm the second coming of Jesus. He was Jewish. I'm Jewish. He was handsome. I'm handsome. I'm saying there's so many similarities. Oh, Twitter. You were doing Twitter miracle. And then the, the, <laughs> the Twitter pharisites, the Pharisees, whatever the that Pharisees, means, man. <laughs> right? Those are the guys that, that tried to ban Jesus and that Jesus had to beef with. Or something. I don't know. There's so many parallels to his story in mine. That's what I'm trying to say. He was a carpenter. I like rugs. You should have said you like wood. That would have been more accurate. Is that what carpentry is? Yeah. I thought it was like rugs. No, no, no. Carpentry is woodwork. Like whoever built this chair is a carpenter. That's a carpenter? Yeah, yeah. But then why does it have the word carpet in it? Carpet? No, it's 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 carpent. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I learned something. So this wasn't a total waste of time. See, you came all the way to learn about carpentry and some woodwork. Yeah. Well, we should wrap it up now because we got to go to Barry's. Oh, you got to go to Barry's. I'm not going. You're not going? I got got to edit this podcast and and do some other things. Okay, man. But dope, man. I'm I'm glad you... uh, you came through since you're you're moving to the city. You're moving on. How's that? That's facts, bro. Are you excited? March first. Of course, I'm excited, bro. That's good, bro. I'm, I'm ready to leave. I'm this really scene excited behind. for you. I, I I I was fucking with you in text messages because my initial reaction was jealousy. Well, you're a very dry texter. Also, you just text everything as a period and it's short sentences. Punctuation. I'm so anal about punctuation. Yeah, I don't know fucking, why you do that. I don't know why. It's either. very off putting. Uh, I'm just. <laughs> punctuation spaces <laughs> paragraphs yeah. proper shit but you're moving to fucking new york that's dope so i'm excited but i am excited for that i, I got jealous at first that's why i was hateful my initial response was hate because i'm like fucking guys living the fucking dream it's gonna be over there that it's gonna be rough dude it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough for a while but whatever that's, that's where i gotta be that's listen you have to look at it like these times are gonna be treasures yeah you're right that's, I do look at it that way. You have to like embrace it, man. I remember like being a room, like all the times that I remember where I struggled the most for like things that I wanted and got like those mean the most, like those memories, those times, they define your character and all that good shit. Like that's, that's really exciting. So, and it's going to be really beneficial to your growth too, as a fucking person. Right now you live with by yourself or with my parents, you live with your parents. So it's going to be your first time living alone. Basically. How old are you? 
26. 26. Perfect, bro. That's I think that's um I Well, I'm going to have roommates too. Time. Yeah, I mean, that's so what? That's good. Two that's comedians, hilarious live. comedians. That's how you live, bro. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So you're going to do it. I'm pretty stoked. You got any shows coming up? Um, let's see. Yeah, characters uh, in Slotesburg on the 31st. That'll be a good show. I probably got some more stuff coming up, but I don't remember. Word. All right. So, um, that's it, man. We did about an hour. Good for us. Awesome, bro. Always good talking to you. We'll have you on before you move to New York. All right, dog. Again. Thanks. Great episode. Great stuff. <laughs>